What is going on, Spurs Nation? Rob Trejo Jr. here from Spurs Tube TV. Glad to be with you here on a Tuesday. Recording this on a Tuesday, the Spurs are off. They will come back into action on Wednesday, and they'll be hosting the Memphis Grizzlies on Wednesday night. The Spurs are coming off of a four-game win streak. The first, I think, or second four-game win streak of the season. The Spurs are playing some really good basketball right now. So they're they're moving the ball. Guys are stepping up. And, you know, a funny thing about this little stretch that we're on over these past four games is that we've been playing 9, 10, sometimes 11 guys just, you know, against against uh what team did we blow out here recently? We blew out a team and we ended up playing I think 11 guys that night. Um but the Spurs are rolling out their bench and they're mixing it up. The lineups are a lot of fun. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of good things from what I'm seeing here towards the end of the season. And that's important. That's important to talk about because, um, oh, we blew out the trailblazers the other night. Right. Everyone got to play pretty much for that one. A lot of people got to play. But uh, something that's very important about what's going on here right now for the Spurs in these last 10 games or, you know, 15 games or so is that we're playing arguably the best basketball of our season. Um, yes, uh, some of these games have been questionable, but let's look at let's look at this four game win streak. It started off with a statement game against the Warriors. And, you know, we had just came off our, our worst loss of the season, which is funny. You know, we on uh, March 18th, we played the Pelicans. They beat us 124 to 91. I mean, we got beat by 20 by shoot almost. What is that? Almost 30 or 34 points, 33 points against the Pelicans. And then we went on the road. And, you know, I was a little worried about that at that point. because I'm like, man, that was the worst basketball we, we've played. Um, you know, that followed some some subpar basketball, in my opinion, as well. We lost to the Pacers, the Timberwolves. Um, the Raptors, right? We had, you know, been losing some games up until that point, and we closed it off with uh, our worst loss of the season. But then we went to Golden State and actually competed. Man, I remember seeing that game the first quarter. You can just tell that this team was locked in against the Golden State Warriors, and they wanted that win. No Curry, um, Draymond Green ends up getting ejected in the third quarter, so it's like great, um, a really winnable game for this young group. Uh, you know, so that is what started everything right we had that confidence that we that we got from that warriors game took it into portland uh blew them out by 37 points then we had our little revenge game against the pelicans which kind of had some stakes behind it right some some playoff seating stakes and even though i think the pelicans are going to end up securing that ninth spot because they have the easiest remaining schedule. Like as long as the Pelicans don't do something crazy, like start losing to some really bad teams, um, they'll probably end up holding that ninth spot. But still, just in case they do mess up, it was good to to take that win against the Pelicans here. Um, and then we we had a close game against Houston, right? So that could have went either way as well where – you know, they they missed a three point shot to to send it into overtime. The Spurs were able to walk out of there with a win. Um, tough game. You know, we ended up blowing a lead there down the stretch, but we didn't give up the game, which is good. Um, you know, and then the Spurs are going to have a nice little homestand here against the Grizzlies, who are going to be playing without John Morant. Jaron Jackson didn't play in the last game, but I think that might have been just rest. I'm not too sure if he's going to be out against the Spurs. 
Um, and then they get the Trailblazers back to back at home. So three winnable games as far as I'm concerned. I mean, even that um, John Morant game where he went off and got his career high, uh, the Spurs shut down everybody else. You know, the, it was just we could not stop. John Morant went up for 50-plus, right? So um, it was his night, and the Spurs couldn't do anything about it. Um, but, you know, I this has to be noted that the Spurs are, are on the upswing, and they're playing great basketball. And other teams can't take us lightly, no matter who who it is. If the Spurs continue to do what they're doing right now for the remaining games on the schedule, the Spurs are in a really, really good spot to take that 10th and final play-in spot from the Lakers, who currently hold it. Right now, the Spurs, are, I believe, are only half game behind the Lakers at this point. So the Lakers just have to lose a couple games. They play against the Mavericks tonight. Uh, would love to see the Mavericks uh, win. You know, I tweeted out a little earlier that, you know, I'm a bandwagon fan now for any team that's playing the Lakers, right? That night, I'm, I'm cheering for that team. And tonight's the Mavericks. So if the Mavericks take care of business tonight, the Spurs and the Lakers can have uh, can be straight up tied for that 10th uh, seed with plenty of games left on the schedule to kind of swing the seedings. The Spurs are playing great. They're moving the ball. They're hitting shots. Guys are getting opportunities. Um, Lonnie Walker's been good, and then he's been absent. Um, the big name that I think is 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 behind this whole um, shift that we've kind of seen is Josh Richardson, man. Um, seeing what this guy can do from a game on a game to game basis is is pretty pretty impressive um you know i i don't want to say he's a better player than Derek white uh because you know i think Derek white's all world defense right but um josh richardson has some pretty good defense of his own nothing nothing to slouch on and and if you're comparing you know shooting and scoring wise i mean josh richardson is is performing you know 10 times better than whatever Derek White was giving us on the offensive end. Even though Derek White was more setting up guys, setting up players here and there, that's kind of what his deal was all season. Um, we needed more from Derek in the shooting guard spot. And Josh Richardson is able to come in, get in that spot, and put the ball in the hole. And that's something he has no problem doing, right? He's not going to take a bunch of charges every game, but he really is delivering on what is needed from that spot. You know, so Josh Richardson has been a revelation for this team. I really believe that. I really believe that he's, you know, working the bench guys and, and you know, doing veteran things and making sure that their minds are right. And, and we all heard about him, you know, telling Lonnie Walker he's going to make this shot, the game winner against OKC, which is impressive. Um you know, so Josh Richardson is really pulling this team together in a weird way. I don't think it was really meant for that to happen when they brought him in. I don't think they thought he was going to solve their problems or our problems for the for the Spurs, you know, like. But I think him being able to score the way he has and bail us out of um, late shot clock shots, you know, where sometimes it ends up in his hands and it's kind of like his turn to create and try to get his shot off. You know, uh, he's able to knock him down. And he's he's a he's a good defender as well. So you know he's really, I think what's clicking, what's making this team click, right now. Um, another fun thing that's been going on is the Spurs have been playing double big basketball. They've been playing Jakob and Landale at the same time, or or Zach and Landale at the same same time. Um, it's been a lot of fun to see that. That's something that we've been kind of wanting to see the Spurs do. 
all season you know it was just very strange what the spurs had in mind with their big man rotation and their four rotation you know they really did not want to go big but we're kind of seeing it play out here and it's 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 fun to watch joshua primo has been getting a lot of opportunity to showcase that he has a very high ceiling uh and he's also showcasing that he makes a lot of rookie mistakes you know i i mean it's both it's not one or the other right now it's both but let me tell you man his IQ is there. His uh, under, I think the his understanding of the mistakes that he makes, and uh, you know, knowing not to try to make them again. I see that in his game. So I'm really confident in his two way potential. I think the defensive side is just getting better and better as the season goes on, and offensively, he's making better decisions on the floor. He's able to finish at a high level around the rim. He's hitting some shots. Joshua Primo's playing great. Um, we all know that Devin Vassell is a big part of the Spurs' uh, offensive plans now, and, and he's been taking more shots. And there's some games where he needs to maybe do a little bit better job of knocking them down early. Um, but he's been doing good. He's been doing just as good as everyone else. DeJounte's been the man. Had another career high against the Houston Rockets, right? So the Spurs are actually playing really good basketball. Really good basketball. And... This is important for us heading into this playing race um, because where the Lakers are kind of just been hanging on by a LeBron James, you know, hanging by a thread on, on whatever LeBron James can give them. Um, that's really not enough to say to convince me that they're going to be a team that's rolling come playoff time. You know, I think that's always been the LeBron thing. And I think. You know, LeBron teams usually coast all season long. I mean, you've heard like players like Richard Jefferson or Channing Frye talk about it. Kevin Love talk about it all the time that when you're on LeBron's team, it doesn't matter what happens in the regular season. We can suck. Just get to the get to the playoffs and then turn it on. And we've seen that play out yet again this year with the Lakers. And it was not enough to beat anybody. And they ended up getting too far down in this uh, race for the playoffs. And then it looks like the Lakers were like, hey, LeBron, like, are you going to play or not? And he's over here looking, looking at the rest of the team like, y'all can't, y'all can't buy me time to the playoffs. I have to turn it on now with three weeks left to go in the season, four weeks left to go. All right. And then you started seeing LeBron James drop like 35, 40, 35, 40. And you're seeing him tired. You're seeing him tired over there on the bench. That's because he's not used to playing into the playoffs. And I think that he decided to turn it on because there was probably pressure coming from the Lakers, you know, saying that, hey, man, you need to turn it on for this team to even be competitive. And I don't think he wanted to do it, but he did it anyway. And I think that's kind of gassing him out. And I think that, you know, they have the, the hardest schedule of these three teams uh, going into this play-in race. And it's going to catch up on them. It's going to catch up on them, and I see them losing games. I see them losing a lot of these games, like maybe six out of these, these last nine or something like that. Like They're going to have a four or five game, I think, losing, losing spree here in the end, which should give the Spurs enough to just get in front of them by at least a game or two games and hold that for a playoff seating. You know, so the Spurs are going to have some tough games going. Uh, uh, the Spurs are going to have some tough games to finish this season. But let me tell you, we're on a four game win streak on the road. That does a lot for your confidence. Then we're going to come back and play against the Grizzlies. And, you know, I'm pretty sure that the Spurs have that game on their mind. Like they, they got embarrassed last time. The last time they played against these Grizzlies, 
the guy when the guy John Morant put two all time highlight plays on the on the board um, with the dunk over Jakob, and then that um, end of halftime alley oop shot to to end regulation. It was sick. Yeah, Spurs were all over the news, all over ESPN in the worst way. So now you get them coming into your gym. You get them without John Morant. Who knows about Jackson? We'll see. And they come off of a huge win of their own, just beating the crap out of Golden State. This team is still tough. The the Memphis team without John Morant and Jaron Jackson, apparently, is still enough to give you a lot of problems behind Bain, Melton, Kyle Anderson. All those guys are, are, are playing well together. And that's scary, but at the same time, you're on a four-game win streak on the road. You're coming home, and you're going to play them. There should be a fire underneath your seat. There should be some motivation there to come out and try to get this win. And the Spurs should be able to handle that. I'm calling it out now. It's that I think they will win that game. You know, I don't think it's going to be a repeat of, of you know these last three or four sessions between the Grizzlies where they just dominate us. They're going to have Dylan Brooks back, and we're going to have to deal with that. Um, it's not, I'm not saying it's going to be an easy game, but I'm telling you the Spurs need to win this one. This is a huge game. Huge game. Why? Because then you get Portland two times in a row, and you want to turn this four-game win streak to five against the Grizzlies. And then you want to turn it to six and then seven. And you want to roll into your last four games on a seven-game win streak, playing the best basketball that you have all season. Everybody's clicking. The people who are playing are performing. Um, and then, then you want to have that motivation and that confidence to take on the Nuggets, to take on the Wolves, who you might play in the play-in if you get past the first round. The Warriors, a team that you just beat, you're going to get them at home. If Steph, if Steph Curry is there or not, you know, we'll determine, you know, I think the odds are a little bit better for that game, but that might be a winnable game, second to last game of the season. And then you got the Mavericks, who who knows if they're going to be playing their whole roster. And even if they do, you know, maybe you can lose a game to the Mavericks. Maybe you can lose a game to the Wolves or the Nuggets. Those three games, you can maybe lose two of them. But I'm telling you, as long as you take care of business against the Portland Trailblazers and make this a must-win game against the Memphis Grizzlies, the Spurs are going to be in a great opportunity to watch the Lakers just drop out of the race in these last six, seven games. They got some tough teams in front of them, right? We've talked about that in previous episodes. So it does look bright right now for the Spurs. Uh, things are just trending forward, trending upwards. Um, you know, hopefully we can get everybody back healthy. Um, you know, Romeo Langford, I don't see him getting much time here anymore. Uh, I think his time to get minutes was during this time where he's been hurt. Um, you know, Doug McDermott has been called uh, out for the season from for his ankle injury. We'll see if that continues. That would be nice to get him back. Uh, Lonnie Walker is still out with um, a back issue. Um Again, man, Lonnie Walker just getting hurt off coming off a of screen, man. I don't know. I don't know what it is, man. I don't know what it is with Lonnie. I don't know why he has to why he has to keep getting hurt on non-contact, just regular basketball plays. You know what I'm saying? He needs to be a little more durable than this. And this is year four of saying the same thing with Lonnie. So he'll he'll light you up for 25 if he doesn't get touched. You know, two or three games of him battling out, getting physical, he ends up on your injured reserve, and there he is again. So if we can get him back soon get him back healthy um hopefully it doesn't take long for him to get going all over again 
and he'll be he can be a really big asset for this team in the play-in scenario all right now on twitter there's like a whole thing play-in versus the high draft pick and look right now we're we're like at the eighth best lottery odds and look man if we get into the play the play-in let's just say we get in and we lose in the first round of the play-in or even if we lose in the second round we're only moving from like eight to eleven or eight to twelve eight to thirteen that's fine that's fine to me uh, that's not a big difference moving up two or three spots back to get some playing experience i i want the playing experience and i'd even like if the spurs were were able to get into the playoffs you know if the spurs were going to get into the playoffs that'd be fine i would love that i would love them to go four or five games against the phoenix suns and give them all they got shoot we haven't played that bad against the phoenix suns this season They've kind of killed us in the fourth quarter, but, you know, it's not going to be a cakewalk for them. If we play hard, we've been giving them problems now for about two years. So I'd like to see that round play out, play out, you know. So, you know, I think the Spurs are going to end up, you know, somewhere in that in that race. Now, I talked about it yesterday on Twitter as well. If you guys aren't following me on Twitter, make sure to go ahead and head over to RTJ underscore Spurs Tube TV. Or follows first tube TV. I'm kind of retweeting from there. Um, if they make the play-in, they most likely will have to beat the New Orleans Pelicans again. Two their last two games have been kind of flip flopped, right? We don't know, you know, really who's who's the better, who gets the best of who in this scenario yet. But we'll have to play against the Pelicans in the first round just to have the opportunity and to play the Wolves or the Clippers. For that last spot. Now, I would love it. Man, like dream case scenario would be to play against the Timberwolves and knock them out after what Carl Anthony Towns did to us. Or play against, um, let's say Kawhi comes back and, and Paul George is there and, and they're trying to get into the playoffs too and they end up losing to us in the second round of a play-in. That would be great. You know, to still anyone shot at, at the playoffs would be lovely for the Spurs. So, you know, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to uh, here down this, this stretch, man. Keep an eye on the Lakers. Keep an eye on them. Make sure that they're losing these games, right? If the Lakers are losing. That's the best thing for us. This next game against the Grizzlies on Wednesday at 730 in San Antonio is going to be a huge game, a huge game to turn this four-win streak, the game, this four-game win streak into a five-game win streak and hopefully seven after we play the Portland Trailblazers a few times. So um, right now, I'm not even worried about the draft. Uh, you know, and uh, March Madness is, is is here. It's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm enjoying that. Uh, there's a lot of good talent. I actually think there's a lot of good talent in this draft. Yeah, your top three or four guys are your game changers for sure. Jay Nivey, uh, Jabari Smith, Paolo Boncaro, Chet Holmgren, those are maybe your top four dudes, but I've been looking more at players from, you know, in that five to, to 10 range. They're actually pretty dang good too. So if, you know, any of those guys can slide to us and at pick 10 or 12 or whatever it is we end up getting, if we do make the plan, like I'm fine. I'm fine with that. Right now, I, I'm a big advocate uh, for the idea of getting the guys you have on roster and the guys that are going to be here next year get them better like Dejounte's not going nowhere Keldon, Devin Vassell, Joshua Primo 
you know, those guys are not going anywhere. Everyone else is kind of, you know, you don't know. You don't know if we're going to keep Jakob or in the offseason or Josh Richardson in the offseason. But those other guys that I was talking about, those guys need to get that type of play-in, playoff experience. You know, that's another way to get better is by through experience. And people just think, oh, we have to go to the bottom of the draft to, to get better. And it's like, yes, like that's one way of getting better, acquiring, acquiring talent from, from the draft. But another way to get better is just by going through experiences that get you better. <laughs> like, you know what I'm talking about? Like it always takes that play in, that, that first playoff loss to really grow up. I mean, go go through go through history. How many times have teams just grown up through a first round exit in the playoffs? It happens all the time, you know. And and don't count out the Spurs winning against the Phoenix Suns, man. I mean, we've seen it happen all the time. The Golden State Warriors against um, the Dallas Mavericks was was uh, a fun one eight matchup. I mean, it can happen, but you know, the experience is where we want to be, right? And the Spurs are in that race right now to get that experience. So let me know what you guys think uh, in the comments below. Uh, Make sure to scroll down and rate this podcast. Uh, Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Dropping some stuff on there. Uh, It's good to be back. Go Spurs go. We're going to finish out this season strong. And whatever happens, you know, we'll take take that on the chin. If we get to the play-in or not. All right, it's full steams ahead. All right, go Spurs go. Bota Vida.